On this episode of the Macworld Podcast, it's all about your hot takes. You have thoughts on a couple of hot-button topics? Let's hear what you have to say. It's all on this show. Stick around. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. This episode is all about Macworld reader and listener hot takes. You have thoughts, and we're going to share and respond to what you wrote. And on this show, uh, we have two topics specifically. All the comments mentioned in the show can be seen in the show notes for this podcast on Macworld.com. And before we get started, as usual, I'd like to apologize ahead of time for completely butchering the commenters' handles and reader names. Uh, but anyways, let's get started. The first topic uh, actually refers to something that happened about three weeks ago, back in November 17th. Uh, I guess you could say that's a date where health froze over, because that was the day that Apple announced that Rich Communication Services, also known as RCS, will be coming to the iPhone later next year. And for those who don't know what RCS is, essentially what it does is it makes the experience of sending messages between the iPhone and Android better. It's like a next-gen SMS. SMS is like the original text, like simple simple message service. It's just words and, and, and small pictures and RCS is the next generation of that. You can send high-resolution images. You can have those typing prompts. It's just a much more pleasurable experience. Yeah, yeah. MMS, MMS is the pictures and video. It's a data one, multimedia message service. Uh, and they're very, very limited because they're meant to go over the old cellular network infrastructure and not the regular internet. And RCS is, takes that standard texting attached to your phone number and all that other stuff, and it turns it into an over-the-top service. And it's standardized. I mean, it was kind of mostly developed by Google. Google really sort of spearheaded this effort, and they've been promoting it a lot. But it is a GSM standard. There's a chance, there's this universal profile on the GSM standard, stuff like that. So really, anybody can do this. And we were kind of surprised to hear that Apple was going to support RCS. And Jason, can you explain a little bit as to why we, why this seemed like a uh, move kind of out of the blue for Apple? People have been asking Apple forever to either put iMessage on Android or, uh, you know, make a messages app for Android that's got supports iMessage or to support RCS or something like that, just so that people with Android phones would stop screwing up our group texts and stuff. And everything. And Apple's response to this has been just really cavalier and tone deaf in the past. It's always been just like, well, have them get an iPhone. I mean, it's really been, I think even Tim Cook actually said that once. When like literally, said, words. that was la late last year. Yeah. Yeah, buy your mom an iPhone. And it's like, okay, but there's 3 billion Android phones in the world. Like, there's no switcher way to get out of this. There's There could be 100 million switchers a year for a decade and there'd still be 2 billion android phones on the planet it, this, this is not this problem's not going away so i i we don't know the exact reason why apple chose to do this it, it could also have to do with there's been some antitrust investigation as to whether iMessage should be part of the 
fall under the gatekeepers act of like some of the regulatory stuff in Europe about about what needs to be opened up and what doesn't and everything. And they may just be getting ahead of it. Before they end up having to like make open up iMessage or something, they may just be saying like, well, look, let's just do the least that'll get them off our backs or something. I'm not sure. Uh, we know that Apple has said, as far as details, not a lot, except that they are going to use the GSM spec universal profile which means that you will get things like full-size images and videos up to something like 100 megabytes or whatever the spec is, typing indicators, long messages, stuff like that. Encryption is not a part of that. It, it is by default more secure than SMS, which is basically plain text <laughs> sent out over the airwaves. But encryption is a sort of extension that Google put on their implementation of RCS, and it's not part of the GSM standard yet. And Apple said, we're going to work with them to do something in the standard, not use Google's, we're not going to do anybody's extensions. Uh, SMS isn't end-to-end encrypted either, right? So like, it, oh no, like when, it's, when it's, you send a green bubble message, it's completely and totally wide open. There's end-to-end -end encrypted, which is like, my phone has the key, nobody in the middle can get it. And then there's other forms of encryption, like being encrypted on the server and stuff like that. And I think RCS supports some of that uh, in the spec. SMS is none of the above. It is it is straight up like plain text out there in the ether, and your phone company has a record of all your SMS texts and can search them and give them up to law enforcement and everything. So we don't know if there'll be any what level of encryption and stuff will be there. I think it depends on what goes on with the standard between now and when Apple ships this in iOS 18 or whatever. But we do know that bubbles will still be green. It's still going to be iMessage blue, not iMessage green. And and there there is some certain sense to that, right? I mean, you, you do want to know, hey, is this encrypted? Do I have all the features? Can I unsend? this message like they're unsending is not a part of the rcs thing and it's not going to be there and that's an iMessage feature and some of the stuff with stickers and other things and i'm sure they'll continue to build iMessage into a better experience than what you get with rcs but at least when you're in a group chat now and somebody sent some picture <laughs> if there's an android person in there it's not gonna be this like super low res picture or this like postage stamp video do we know how rcs handles uh the whole tap backs thing uh, Google does that on the Pixel. It's basically just mapping a response to an emoji. So as far as my understanding is, and maybe Jason will tell me if I'm wrong, if you're in a group text or a, or a single text with someone from Android and you do one of those tapbacks, it will appear on the other end, but the Android version of that emoji will appear. But it's no longer going to say so-and-so liked and then repeat the entire text every yeah, I'm not actually sure how it's going to work in the RCS implementation. I know that now my group texts that include Android people are full of text strings that say so-and-so liked that, right? And they're probably not getting that on their end. I know that Google basically takes that response and essentially hides it from you and puts an, a, a, an emoji on the message. So as far as I that. know, that's only Pixel and only like with Google message the Google Messages app on a Pixel phone. I think if you have a Galaxy phone and you use a Samsung's uh, messaging app, it doesn't do that. 
I think that's true, but I think you can use, I think Google's messaging app is on a lot of other phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. But I'm not sure anywhere. if it works with other phones or if it's just a pixel thing. I don't, I don't know. I think it, I think it's just their app. I think it's their message. And it's the same is true with like encrypting group text in RCS. That's just their app. It's not only on pixels, but it is just their app. If you use somebody else's messaging app that uses RCS, it doesn't do that. So the question is, what's it going to do on the Apple side? I don't expect Apple to make, to do anything to make an Android user's life better. <laughs> I expect them to do stuff to make my life better. And I know that their refusal to either implement RCS or iMessage <laughs> has made my life worse. So that'll be better, but I still wonder what's going to happen with the tap backs because people do those all the time. Yeah. So they've got to have, I hope they have some solution because I'm tired of just getting texts. The news spurred a lot of people to post their opinions on the Macwell Facebook page. I forgot that's what this show was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought we were just talking about our Yeah, let's get some hot takes. <laughs> yeah, let's get some hot takes. Well, you know, it's it's kind of it's somewhat of a complicated issue that uh, there's the whole technology behind RCS, and then there's the whole Apple dealing with it. So it's kind of yeah, it's a the politics. Issue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and we'll know a lot more. It's going to be a year or so. It's going to be iOS 18 or maybe 18.1 or 18.2 or something like that later next year. So we'll find out more as the year. Yeah, yeah. I, my guess is Jason's right. Probably about a year from now. It'll yeah. probably be 18.1 or 18.2. We'll, we'll hear a little bit about w, at WWDC. And, you know, Craig Federighi will make a joke of some sort. <laughs> and, you know, it'll be in the beta. People will test it and it'll probably roll out at some point. And actually, I, I think it would be smart to have it be one of the point upgrades. So then you could, you know, kind of, kind of give it its own attention rather than just part of all the rest of it. Yeah. So some comments from Facebook. Jim Coffey said, I have an iPhone, and I have to message people all the time who don't have one. It hurts me, the Apple customer, when messages don't get delivered. I can't text a photo to Android users, etc. Chet Morgan said he doesn't like and will never support RCS. It's like a privacy invasion, so a vendor can spam you and know you, you read their message. Not something that Chet would even consider using. I mean, you could turn it off the red mis- the read message. Right. Yeah, you can turn off red receipts on the receiver's end. Just I mean, that, that's a that's an iMessage thing too. You could yeah, you could turn it on and off. Vendors' software for sending out spam messages does SMS. They don't send iMessages to because they need Apple IDs. So, so that's you don't need to worry about that aspect of it with iMessage. But but with RCS, you'll just be able to turn off red receipts. Greg Carey said, it only took the antichrist of the internet to whine and cry. Not fair to force Apple to play, to pick them for dodgeball. I guess when you ain't winning, you cheat. Well played, Google. Well played. Wait. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, ignoring I that, obviously, a fan is saying uh, Google's the antichrist of the internet. Okay, whatever. But how did they cheat? What's the cheating part? I remember the whining part. They made ads and everything. Yeah. I mean, they definitely were upset, but I don't know. What am I missing that, that he thinks is cheating? You know, th- that was the comment, so he doesn't elaborate <laughs> on what the cheating is. I- I'm guessing, you know, using manipulating the media and whatever uh, standards boards there are to 
get this RCS support underway? I, I don't know. I guess. But yeah. Uh. They're just in their eyes, that's a that's a cheat. I'm sure a lot of these comments, maybe you're not going to read them all, are along those lines that Apple is caving to Google. This makes our experience as iPhone users so much better. It's not about everybody switching. I mean, that's, as Jason said before, that's not realistic. It's never going to happen. You're going to have friends and family members, co-workers that use Android phones. When Once this, this is implemented, the messaging experience on an iPhone will be miles better than it is right now. Yeah, it's worth pointing out that this is a very U.S.-centric, not U.S.-centric, but U.S. and a few other countries-centric problem. Most of the rest of the world just was so fed up with how bad SMS and everything was before Google did RCS that they just all downloaded WhatsApp. And WhatsApp has got like 3 billion users. and It's, it's everywhere. Um, and they'll just go like, why do I care? I don't text anybody. I use WhatsApp. Yeah. On iPhones, the messaging that is associated with your phone number by default out of the box just automatically sends iMessages or to, or texts right it's so it's it's not the same as oh it's just a competitor for whatsapp or something it's not because it's built into your phone it's the default and it's associated with your phone number by default without you doing anything you can associate whatsapp with your phone number or you can download that and use that stuff but that all those are all steps that you got to do Whereas when you just get an iPhone and you just start messaging, it just automatically upgrades you to this over-the-top messaging service only if you're sending it to other iPhones. And it's fine that Apple did that. They solved this messaging problem way before everybody else did. Like way, they were way ahead of everybody on this. I believe it was on the first iPhone, right? iMessage? Or was that like the like later, like three, three or four? I don't remember what version of iOS they they did this, but but it was, but, it was very early in the game. Yeah, and it and it was a huge huge benefit. Um, and and it's fine that they have kept that to themselves. But to your point, because it's a default, because it's associated with your phone number, because it's always this extra step to download something else associated with your phone number, use a different app to message other people. It's been detrimental to iPhone users' experience now. To, to be stuck on this like 1980s SMS technology for, for so long. 2011 was iMessage. So that was iOS 5. Yeah. iChat. That's, that's what I was thinking of. There was iChat before that. That was something that was kind of similar to iMessage. Yeah. But that didn't just, that didn't just like take your phone number and just automatically right. upgrade you to a new experience if you happen to message an iPhone. Jason pointed this out, and John Brand on Facebook said that only Americans care about bubbles. We use WhatsApp. Yeah, that's true. But there's a lot of there's a lot of Americans and Apple's an American company, <laughs> so this doesn't matter big time. Yeah, it's Americans, Canadians, uh, certain South American countries, certain, a couple of countries in in Europe, but not you know like I think it's it's think it's kind of an issue in the UK a little bit, but. You know, most of the world's population. You know, remember how many times Google launched to kill the messaging app? So before they did RCS, which built in with a standard with the GSM association, and that can be the one app that does old texts and your new over-the-top messaging service, they missed their opportunity and everybody just got WhatsApp. Do you think this will have any impact on that at all? Like, will people, not in major numbers maybe, but will people maybe try I message again or our messages on the iPhone again 
cost it now supports RCS and making it a little bit nicer and friendlier? I, I probably don't think so. I think for iPhone users sort of outside the US and some and the other countries where everyone just uses iMessage and the people who are already using WhatsApp on their iPhones, all their other friends are on WhatsApp, all their family members are on WhatsApp. They're just going to go ahead and keep using WhatsApp, I think. I think this, for the most part, gets regulators off Apple's back. <laughs> yeah, for the, for the time being, plenty of other things that they're looking at. Yeah, for this thing, for this particular problem. One final comment. Noah Norton said, I hope RCS messages will be in magenta. I think Jason <laughs> po- Jason pointed out they're, they're not changing the color scheme. They did confirm it'll be green, but it would be nice if there was a different, like a darker green so that you know, am I texting somebody with SMS or mm-hmm. RCS? And then iMessage would get its blue. You know, there have been several stories about this whole bubble color thing, mostly that about teenagers who single out their friends who don't have the same color. But it's it's it goes beyond just the color of the bubbles. It's it's the technology that's being supported. My my son is uh he had, he just got his first phone six months ago and when he's texting someone he'll ask me like why how come I can't do the thing I like to do? I'm like, well, because you're texting with an Android person. And he gets all upset. You know, it, it's not like they're bullying each other. Over there, I mean, that's just like, like that's the that's the line. That He's the not old uses. enough for it's that not- yet. That'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> the high school kids are bullying each other, <laughs> but it's more of like you know, I have a bunch of cool things that I want to do and I can't now, and this will fix that. And for that generation, which a lot of them, that's how they communicate is FaceTime and and, and iMessage, because a lot of them don't have a lot of his friends don't have phones yet; they just have iPads. So this will clean out. But there's in in the age group that is the most clicky, the sort of middle school and high school kids and stuff. A lot of which, which I think the stat I read was something like sem- over seventy percent of them had get iPhones in in the U- in North America, that makes sense. Sure. as opposed to Android. Like it, there, there's the stigma isn't that it's green; it's that green. You see someone green in your and they group chat. They have a million group chats going like crazy. Like that's how they talk. And you see that one Android person messes up the group chat for everyone because it's now the pictures stink, now the videos stink, now we can't do the voice messages, all the other stuff. So there'll still be plenty of things that iMessage does that quote green bubbles don't do after RCS, but it'll be better. It'll be a lot better. So, like, let's say you're in a group message with an RCS person and you go to unsend a message. What happens? You just don't get the option. Just like now. Yeah. Like the the whole the entire group thread, you you just can't unsend. You're sending RCS to everybody. So like now, if you try to do that with a person who is on iOS uh, 15, for example, yeah, it'll say <laughs> Mike deleted this message, and then they repeat the message. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Like, would would that happen? Would would app can Apple make the features work? But it it's just not. No, exactly what will happen. Exactly what will happen now. If you, um, it's the same thing that happens with SMS now. Like you can, if you're in a group chat with five iPhones and one Android phone, all the iPhone people are sending SMS, right? To the, to the, it only sends iMessages and you only get iMessage features, including not just the delete, but everything. If everyone in the group is on iMessage and that will still be true. I'm sure there'll be new iMessage features even above and beyond what's already there. 
in iOS 18 so that they can even make it even more clear, like, this is the best messaging experience. And it's kind of, I'm glad they continue to make iMessage better, but it's a silly thing for them to harp on because nobody can make that choice. Every iPhone user has already had that choice made for them. It just automatically does iMessage as soon as you send it to another iPhone person. And nobody not on an iPhone can iMessage. <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't know why they promote it as such as such a great choice all the time. I mean, maybe they think people buy phones for that reason, but are they not looking at the fact that there's the 80% of the w- phones in the world are Android phones and going, oh, iMessage does not change people's minds. <laughs> like it's not. I don't know how many months ago when they were doing all those um, antitrust uh, court cases, some of those emails and conversations came out and it was a concern early on in the iPhone days that oh, for if sure. we took away this exclusivity, we would lose a bunch of people who would just now buy an Android. And I think that mentality just got so ingrained. I agree with you. I think that it's, if anything, it's going to increase iPhone sales rather than, yeah. you know, I don't think, I don't think there's going to be many iPhone users that say, oh, now I can go on Android and text and I'll be fine. Like, no. But back then it was a fear. So I went to the dentist yesterday and uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sidetrack us some more here. <laughs> I went to the dentist yesterday and he knows what I do for a living. And he's got an Android phone and always has had an Android phone. And he's like, I've never had an iPhone. And he always brings up how, like, you know how the dentist always makes small talk while he's got his hands in your right. mouth. And you're like <laughs> crying to go, oh, yeah. for. <laughs> right. Right. And you're just trying to talk. And he, so he's like, you know, hey, what new stuff is coming out? All this other kind of stuff. And I'm like, it's. It's Apple, like you know, everybody knows. <laughs> everybody knows what's come out. It's not none of it's secret. And um, and he always says like, "Well, I've never had an iPhone." And everyone's and he always brings up, and everyone's always mad at me <laughs> in the texts because I mess up their their group chats. And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true." And this is not a team. This is my dentist, so it's it's yeah. still happening. Sure. Of course, it's my dentist in California who's, you know, where there's a lot of iPhones. It's, it's not just the teens and the, the green bubble shame or whatever. And, and who knows how much that's going to go away. It's RCS. So like Mike mentioned, we'll probably learn more about RCS at WWDC in June. And then it'll probably come out in a point release after the new version of iOS is released. So they could kind of highlight it and feature it. Our next topic is about an article that Jason wrote about a month ago. He wrote about the 8 gigabytes of memory in the base model of the MacBook Pro and how it's not enough. Even though Apple thinks 8 gigabytes on the Mac is equal to 16 gigabytes on Windows, we've seen situations where the consumer apps being used need more than 8 gigabytes. 16 years at the FS posted on X. Most people don't use any Electron apps. Since I use Safari, I will regularly have 100 to 200 tabs, no issues. Maybe 15 to 20% generally need more than 8 gigabytes. I was like, you, have, you can have up to 200 tabs open in Safari and not have any memory issues? Yeah, sure, sure, dude. I don't know about that. I so. have like six tabs open on my computer grind to a hole. Yeah, same here. Right. Wait, and did he say most people don't use any Electron apps? That's what he said. And I just shook my head and went, 
I don't think you know what these apps are. So right. I didn't reply to him directly. Those are but. that's that's one password, Discord, Teams, Slack, Skype, Twitch. What people don't use these apps? No. These are these are everywhere. Yeah. And we and I think you probably brought it up because they're kind of infamously uh poorly optimized. Right. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. It's kind of a technology to use web-based JavaScript technologies to make standalone apps, you know, which is why all these apps kind of look like, hey, it's like when I open the web page, except I have a few more features. <laughs> yeah. There was a a really excellent video after we pub- just after we published that article uh by Max Tech uh on YouTube where he took identical M3 MacBook Pros, the not the base model, but like just the full M3, the, the full GPU count and stuff. One with 8 gig and one with 16 gig. And he just ran some tests. And he shows you him running the test live. I, I, when he did this, a lot of people without watching the video kind of complained, ah, Max Tech, you can't trust them, blah, blah, blah. He's like showing you as he runs the tests. And these are not crazy it's like I have four tabs open and I'm rendering something in, in iMovie. It, it, there, it's these are not wacky like edge case high end things he's doing, and the difference is amazing. It's not like ten percent slower. It's like forty percent slower with eight gigs. It's ridiculous. So it's not that eight gigs is unusable. It's that they leave a massive amount of performance on the table. For what is $40 worth of RAM in a $1,600 computer that they label Pro. <laughs> Jason, could you explain a little bit what happens on that 8 gigabyte machine when you run out, when it runs out of RAM, whenever you're doing what happens? Yeah, when you're full of RAM, it's, it, it does, and this is not a new technology or an Apple technology, right. it swaps with the hard drive. It takes the, RAM, the stuff that is resident in memory right now that it hasn't used for a bit and maybe it won't need it for a few more seconds or a minute or who knows. And it writes that to your hard drive, or in this case to your SSD, it writes that to free up the, the RAM for something that it needs like right this instant. And that's called swapping. And the more you need more of the stuff that's in RAM, the, the more it has to keep swapping back and forth. And that affects performance. And that affects performance because the SSD, you have to wait for that to swap back into RAM. The SSD is 100 times slower than your RAM is. You know, like, uh, the SSD is something like, was it about two, two and a half gigabytes a second on a modern MacBook yeah, Pro? Something yeah. in that neighborhood? Something like that, yeah. And the, it's 150 gigabytes a second RAM bandwidth, like <laughs> 50 times more. Yeah, it slows everything down. And it affects the longevity of your SSD because obviously the more you read and write to your SSD, the more it kind of, they, they wear over time, the cells wear over time. So there's that concern as well that it, your SSD won't last as long when swap constantly and it's just hammering on the SSD all the time. Now, Apple does a fantastic job of this. It, there, it is absolutely true that a Mac with eight gigs, whichever model it is, performs way better than a Intel or AMD Windows machine with 8 gigs. Way better. It's, it's just not even close. 
But it's also true that that extra going from eight to 16 gigs costs Apple like 30 or $40, maybe. And it's a $1,600 computer and it gives you like 40% more performance. It's like a huge performance. I had an M1 Pro, the 14 inch M1 Pro, the base model with the eight core CPU. Uh-huh. Eight core? The M1 had eight core? Whatever it is. So it, it was the entry level, the, the, the $2,000 one. So, and, and that came with 16 gigs of RAM. I did not customize it. But at the time, I was like, all right, that's, that's fine. 16 will be fine. I can speak from experience that isn't bad. I don't do a ton with my machine. I have Photoshop open often, Slack, Safari is the big one that uses. So I'm just looking at, so I, I keep activity monitor open just as a matter of course, because I had so many slowdowns that I would have to go. You had a lot of and, problems. Yeah. And look to see what was eating up memory. So I just upgraded to the M3. I have the M3 Max now. So it's a faster family of processing. With 36 gigs of RAM, so way more RAM. But I'm looking at it right now. So memory used on this machine. With so I have Zoom open, I have Safari open, I have Slack, and I have Photoshop, and I'm using 28.75 gigabytes of RAM according to my system. Now everything's fine. Memory pressure is very much in the green. Everything's running very smoothly. But you don't realize. So our so our our website, and maybe I'm calling ourselves myself out right now, but <laughs> it says that it's using mm-hmm. two and a half gigabytes of RAM. I have one tab open. One. That's right. So you don't realize how much memory little things on your computer are using. There's some caching going on from right. previous pages oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Then there's things like go in the background, like if you have if your company makes you run antivirus and all this other stuff. And it's also true that like the system will use more RAM if you have more RAM because it makes things run faster and smoother. So you could probably still, if you had 16 gigs, it would show, oh, you're using- It would show 14 or 15. Yeah, 12, 14, 15, something like that because um, it's, it's going, oh, I've got all this empty RAM. Empty RAM doesn't do you any favors. It doesn't save battery not to use it. RAM is always active. So it's like, Fill it up, make things go faster. In fact, it saves battery because you don't hit this, the SSD as often. Cash, you fill it with cash. So, so you're kind of filling it up, but it's still, it's true. Uh, you can, and it has been tested multiple times that just even light every day, non pro loads yeah. go, go way faster with 16 than eight. And it's not costing Apple. This is, DDR4X or D, uh, uh, no, it's LPDDR5. I'm sorry, this is LPDDR5 memory. Going price in lots of ten thousand is like it's like thirty or forty dollars for eight gigs. It's it's Apple probably pays less at the volume and stuff that they you know this is not costing them a fortune to to do that. It's, it's egregious. And what's even more frustrating is that this is, so it is a laptop and most laptop most Windows laptops you can't. Upgrade. I, I assume it, that you can't upgrade the the RAM after the fact. Most laptops. Uh, it's if it's iffy. It goes. There's there's a lot. It the, the really really compact ones you can't. The bigger ones you can't. But like but desktops you absolutely can and you can't. Not at not Apple at Apple. on Apple. So that like the Mac Mini, which you're still spending six hundred dollars for, uh, that comes with eight games of RAM as well, and you're stuck. Like if you buy that, that's it. You cannot yep. put RAM or or let, let's use the iMac, which costs thirteen hundred dollars. You can't upgrade that either. 
that's a heavy investment. And as Jason says, it's not, it's not expensive. Like I, my, my son has a, has a Dell tower from two and a half years ago. And he mm-hmm. over the weekend told me, he's like, how come everything's running so slow? I'm like, well, you know, it's old, but I checked his Ram and he only had eight gigs. So I'm like, wow, like, yeah. that's really low. So I bought crucial Ram for 60 bucks, 32 gigs of it popped into the machine. And he's like, he's, he's on top of the world. Like this is fantastic. <laughs> if right. he had a, a Mac, Mac mini, sorry. There's nothing I could do except to buy you a new one, which I'm not doing. And your 32 gigs for 60 bucks was retail. Somebody, there was profit margin built into that. Now LP DDR5 is like different and all that, you know, a different yeah, prices it was for four. different RAMs. It's still, but yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying different prices for different RAMs and all that other kind of stuff. But if Apple charged $50 for the jump for, from 8 to 16, they'd be making money. And they charge two hundred. Two hundred bucks. Yeah. So not only should the sixteen hundred dollar model come with, because it's not even the entry level model. The next step up still has eight gigs. The sixteen hundred dollar model has eight gigs. That should be six. All of them. All the pros. All the Mac Pro should be sixteen. But certainly, not only should the sixteen hundred dollar be eight gigs, but but also the the price to pay for more since you can never upgrade it is just egregious. It's just a crazy markup. And this has been Apple's thing forever. It's not just RAM storage. Remember when they came out with the Fusion Drive? Because they, the SSDs were like nine hundred dollars when you want to upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Like they've been doing this for a long, long time, and they make great stuff. But they also nickel and dime the hell out of you. More than nickels and dimes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but the um, it, it's it's especially egregious. It, it, there are times when it's worse and better. There are times when it's like, well, the the markup that they're seeking, and and how bad is their what they actually give you. And it's just kind of at a low point right now. They, like you said, they've been doing it for a long time and it's at an especially low point right now where it's like, they should be doing that. Their family of laptops right now is really good. Like the the M3 chips are awesome. The screens on the MacBook Pro are amazing. The space black color is great. Like it's a great laptop. Well, you can't get space black in the M3, but even if silver, it's, it's a great laptop, except it's not really fifteen ninety nine because if anybody was going to buy one, I would say just spend the two hundred bucks and get sixteen. Yeah, and now you might as well spend two thousand and get the M three Pro, <laughs> right? Which starts at eighteen. It starts at nineteen ninety nine. No, I mean eighteen gigs. Uh, oh, it's like right, that weird right. eighteen and thirty six. Right. They did and the Mac Pro and the Mac is eighteen. Yeah, so you're getting more and than a twice faster the faster GPU yeah. and all that other stuff. Yeah. And yeah. and I think it starts at five twelve gigs or is it terabyte? Um, they bought 512. Yeah. yeah, 512, yeah. And you get an extra USB port. So anyway, shame on Apple. Yeah, a little bit. There Are there more hot takes just saying shame on Apple? Yeah. So <laughs> I've been coming to there. Well, all right, th- th- does anyone defend it? It's actually the, the comments on that I saw were, were an interesting mix. So Apollo Reyes on Facebook said, I somehow got conned into getting a Mac Mini M2 Pro with 16 gigabytes of memory. And and it constantly tells me I'm out of memory, just running Lightroom in a browser. Well, that oh, yeah, Lightroom in a browser. That's a, a pretty, pretty heavy-duty app. Yeah. yeah, those imaging apps are very RAM-hungry because, yeah. you know, they need to manipulate the image. JSMNX on X said that non-user replaceable upgradable flash SSD and RAM is suicide. For all 8-gigabyte RAM models, consumer right to upgrade and repair needs to happen. It may need to happen, but I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Just- right to repair? Sure. 
right to yeah. upgrade? Not a right. I would be shocked if Apple ever gave us the opportunity to upgrade. I, I mean, th- so the SSD, I'm not all that broken up about. You can you can attach a Thunderbolt drive is just as good. You could, nothing you could do about it. I will at least say Apple's lockdown on RAM here is not for no reason, right? You don't get 150 gigabytes a second of memory bandwidth <laughs> or more without putting the RAM literally like r- soldering it right next to the chip with a really wide bus interface and stuff that you, you just can't get uh, with good electrical timing and stuff going into RAM modules that you're plugging in the side. Like there, that's, that's one of the reasons they get such crazy good memory bandwidth is because it's very tightly integrated with a super, super wide bus. It has to be tightly integrated to get that and have it be reliable. So I'll give them that. I'll give them that like, Hey, they, they at least are doing it for the right reason. Right. It's, but yeah, I mean, the fact that you can't upgrade it means imagine yourself five years from now with a five year old notebook that's like fine, except that eight gigs. In, in the in 2027 is going to be 2028. Can you imagine? And you know the processor is great. The M3 processor is really good, but it's only as good as the memory that you put next to it. Geometric reflex on threads. Threads comment, yay. Oh. Said plenty of users have already been buying Apple Silicon MacBooks with eight gigabytes memory plus slow memory bus and CPU to boot. Most of them are delighted. Those who need more memory ought to know it and will simply tick a different box. But that's not true because they don't always know it. And if you're buying a pro machine, you expect it to it to behave like a pro machine out of the box. And it's not. Uh, we, as we just talked about, it's not just ticking a box, it's that it's that they caught the what they charge you for that upgrade is like an egregious like profit taking. Like it's not just they're not just taking 30% profit. It's it's like a four hundred percent markup on RAM. On Facebook, Charles Lindauer said they can't agree. I have too many clients working just fine on eight gigabytes. Your piece is quite an attack, which I don't see warranted by real world experience for many users. Well, all right. All right. I mean, <laughs> well, uh, it work. Yeah, working just fine. I don't know. Give them sixteen gigs and and ask then ask them. Uh, well, right. is this better? Like, you never know when you how slow it is until you use the sixteen. Yeah, it's games. one of those things where you don't know how yeah. good you could have it until you have but, it. But, but I mean, just go look at that. There's plenty of good YouTube videos where they just took the exact same thing, eight versus sixteen, ran a bunch of tests, and it's not all super high end, crazy pro stuff. Even though that is a pro machine. On Facebook, Aaron Fain said, I have an M1 13-inch MacBook Pro, and it has 8 gigabytes of RAM, and it smokes through Final Cut or Logic Pro. Yes, it swaps to the SSD quite a bit, but it's not awful. ARM architecture doesn't need as much memory, honestly. I'm not saying that 8 gigabytes is is enough today, but I am saying it's not the end of the world. It's less you need more and more Apple is being Apple and making you pay the Apple tax. I mean, sure, but what, why is that? Why are we defending that decision? Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, it's. I, I yes, you're, you're, that's right. It, is it? Is it? Is it okay? Sure. Is it something that we should be defending? No way. It, it, it's. I mean, he's saying what I said in in the piece. It's not like we're sitting there staring at progress bars because you have eight gigs. It's that you're leaving twenty or thirty percent of your performance on the table, 
and still charging people $1,600 for this machine. It's, you know, it's not Apple should never make an 8-gig machine. It's that Apple should never make a $1,600 MacBook Pro. That's, with that's what it is. We're not complaining about the MacBook Air. We're complaining about the MacBook Pro. Yeah. Yeah. The, the entry-level MacBook Air. Hey, you can get a $1,600 MacBook Air, and that should have 16 gigs as well. <laughs> Honestly. One last comment, and Jason kind of uh, talked about this issue. Alexander Abusina said on Facebook, why the heck do freaking chat programs eat up so many resources today? Only because some developers are too lazy to actually do their jobs of programming their applications themselves. We kind of talked about that with the electron. Yeah, and that, all, all these points are, are accurate and true. It doesn't mean Apple should get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> the with that, I'm it nasty is. editorial written their way. <laughs> it, it, this, this comes up every now and then where um, as computers get more powerful, you start to ask, well, why are these simple things using so many resources? They didn't a decade ago. They didn't two decades ago. And part of what happens is that in order to make development easier, development tools end up making pro- programs that use more resources. Like way back in the day, you would have like, well, why didn't you program it in assembly? It would run twice as fast. Like, well, who's going to write assembly? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. You know, and it's like whose compiler makes unoptimized code. Yeah, but I I don't have to sit there for like three years writing this stupid yeah. program. So and, and that that keeps happening. And that's just Electron's sort of the latest thing. It lets people use easier tools, reuse code and stuff like that in a lot of ways. And it produces less than optimal apps. I mean, just like our business. Those all those little firms, they're not making a lot of money when you download their app for free and look at a couple ads. So they cut staff too, and cut corners, and that's the result. Well, that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 866. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast and the podcast app on Spotify, or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through X, that's at Macworld, or on threads, that's at Macworld underscore HQ, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time. cat is hangry and he's letting us know. <laughs> uh-huh.